my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I'm very excited today to be here with Teresa Karcher. How are you, Teresa? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It is so good to see your your smiling face. I know we are in the midst of um of of a really challenging time in our in our for our country, for our state, and for our industry, and we're going to talk about some of those things. But um, just want to say, I, I I hope you and your and your family are, are all safe and healthy um, during these times. And and we we obviously we hope all of our our listeners are as well. Agreed. Yes, tough tough on all of us right now, but you know. Taking it one day at a time. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. And and I I found that a lot of people in our industry, in particular, it seems like Teresa, um, uh, are are optimistic and and um and, and wanna and wanna portray that to people. And um, I I think um you know after the last recession, um, I I think we were we were pretty instrumental, our, our industry and leading people out of it. And, um, and I know we're going to talk about your position. So, um, Teresa is currently, I want to make sure I get this right. Teresa is currently the associate director of sales at Pasea, uh, hotel and spa in Huntington beach, California. And Teresa is a 2009, um, graduate our, of our program. Uh, Teresa and I were just talking. I just, I cannot believe it's been 11 years since she graduated. Graduated. She was one of those, um, as is often the case when I when I talk to podcast guests, one of those best and brightest students that um, just was, uh, yeah, it was just a just just a joy to have in the classroom and a joy to interact with, and was really um, involved in the major and whatnot. And so, uh, yeah, it's great to reconnect with you and to see you. It's definitely great. I I can't believe it's been eleven years as well. It's pretty wild to think about and see how far we've come and where we are now in this wild climate. But, you know, yeah. it's all about perspective and just moving forward. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, you know, I, I'm really excited to get into your career and talk with you about um, how you've, you know, how you've moved up and, 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 and also how you've, you've stuck with, um, you've stuck with a, a, an organization um, for a lot longer than most millennials do. So we can, <laughs> uh, we can talk about that as well. I think you'll, are, are you grouped into the millennial or millennial, aren't you? I'm, I'm a millennial. You're yeah. a millennial. I'm, I'm in there with yeah. the millennials. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so I really want to. We'll, we'll eventually get to your current position and 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 how you got to the to be uh, the associate director of sales. And, and am I saying the name of the hotel correctly, Pasea? You got it right. I'm okay. kudos to you because okay, everyone good. butchers it. Oh, do they? Okay, good. <laughs> Not always, but sometimes. So uh, okay. Well, well, you know, I, I I'm really sensitive to that because I my my dad my my paternal um uh father my paternal father that's really <laughs> I don't know why I, I think I was thinking paternal grandfather um but my my dad my biological dad that's what I was getting for biological dad he is one of those that like butchers names like you know we 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 had a we had a kid on Carolina's um, basketball team that was like a superstar from the day he set fo- um, s- uh, stepped up a foot on the court. And from that day till the time he graduated, my dad never c- pronounced his name correctly. And every time we get together for a game, I'm like, I- I- I'd want to like say something and I'd just be like, it's useless. Yeah, like, <laughs> the lost cause. It's a lost cause, exactly. So tell me, uh, Teresa, where are you from? So I'm from Orange County. I'm an Orange oh, County girl. Oh, you are. You're OC. So we've uh, we've had um I have a 
some good friends that, that just came through and we did some socially distancing. They, they uh, parked their RV in our, in our driveway and, um, and we hung out in the backyard for a night, but they're, they're OC. They live some, something ranch like a uh, Ladera ranch or Ladera ranch. Yeah. yeah. Ladera that ranch. OC? Yeah. That's exactly. OC, right? But we get a lot of um, students from Orange County. What was it like? Uh, what was it like growing up in Orange County? What'd your, what'd your folks do while you were growing up? You know, I had a great upbringing, Um, you know, lived a very fortunate life. My parents actually had their own business. So I grew up around, you know, entrepreneurs. They had a a small stationary copy shop that turned into a printing company. Um, So pretty much my entire life, Um, which is pretty cool to see looking back on. I'm like, wow, they got through raising, you know, me and my siblings, you know, through our childhood, through high school, college. Right. Um, it's pretty impressive. So, so yeah, running we were, a small business. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How many, how many kids in your family? So I'm the youngest of four. You're the youngest of four. I'm the baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the baby, huh? What are your, what are your um, siblings? What are, what are their ages and what do they do? Yeah. So I have a brother who's the oldest. Uh um, And then I have two older siblings and we're all actually, or two older sisters. So we're all pretty close in age. We're all within five years. So my parents really, you know, got it done. (laughs) Nice. Yes, they did. And they had, they had quite a fun household there for a, for a number of years. Wow. That's exciting. Did you guys get along or were you uh, at each other's throats or what was it like? You know, for the most part, we got along, but of course, yeah, there's always yeah. those moments. Of you course. know, my brother always loved to cause trouble with the us girls, but <laughs> I try to remain that you know the easygoing, young, you know, uh, maintain the peace position uh, among the family. <laughs> of course, the baby girl, you had to do that. Yeah, for sure. I love yeah, but it, it so, was fun. I bet it was. It was. I bet it was. Mm-hmm. So, did they did they follow in your parents' footsteps? Are there any of them entrepreneurs or any of them in? Um, Um, what are they all doing? So, yeah, no, it's interesting. I I remember vividly growing up, my parents, you know, were always adamant on all of us kids pursuing our own path and our own career. They never pushed for any of us to take over their business. Um, So, you know, that was enlightening for us to to realize and see we had that opportunity to not feel obligated to take over a company. So um, my two of my siblings, my brother and my sister just older than me actually work together. They work um, in commercial real estate. Oh, right. So, yeah. My brother works more so for a corporate, o- the corporate office and my sister is a property manager at one of the buildings. Oh, cool. Um, so it's pretty interesting to see how they ended up merging, you know, their careers together. And then yeah, my other sure. sister, um, is a teacher. So oh, cool. she's out in, she's out in Colorado and, uh, oh, right on. she's a teacher. So Where in Colorado. Uh, she's in Fort Collins. Oh, okay. Right on. Well, that's a great place to get to visit to go see uh, yeah. in Colorado for I sure. I love it there. I love visiting when I can. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like Colorado a lot. So um, what were you like growing up? Were you into sports, arts, drama? What, what was your, what was your jam? Yeah, we, we were an all sports family. So oh, yeah, you were. Okay. <laughs> all of us kids were pretty much involved in any sport you can think of really. Um, so I, you know, growing up, it was like my parents were always taking us to practices or games. My dad, you know, coached us. Um, so I, I mean, I played everything from soccer, basketball, softball, volleyball. <laughs> right. um, so, so yeah, so I was very much involved in the sports route um, and continued in that that realm and specifically basketball that ended up being my main sport. I was going to um, say I, you, you yeah. got a scholarship to go to Chico, right? On a basketball scholarship. Is that I right? Did. 
I did. I was fortunate to, to continue, you know, my basketball career in college for a few years. So I, I definitely am appreciative of having that experience. And it was, yeah, obviously I'm, you know, made my way to Cal Poly eventually, but, um, but no, I grew up, you know, playing basketball, did the whole, the whole deal in high school and then, um, had the opportunity at Chico state. So it it was a lot of fun. Right. And you know, you know that um, Dr. Hendricks is a Chico grad. So you're going to, um, you're going to be following him on the podcast. So we're having his, um, we're having his final, um, his final week as the department head, yes. um, his podcast will, um, will precede you. And um, yeah, he was a Chico grad. So we, That's I got right. to talk to him about that. And um, so when you, um, when you made your way to Cal Poly, you did not continue playing basketball, right? You Right. So I kind of had that moment in life where, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm glad I've done this whole college athlete thing. And it's been great. You know, we had a great team. I had a lot of great opportunity ahead. Um, But, you know, I kind of came to just realize, you know, I'm, I'm one that just really likes to be involved in other things. And, you know, basketball and college, you know, that was my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't, I didn't have time for anything else. And, right. uh, so I started looking into other options, you know, if I wanted to leave that career of, of basketball and came to find out about this major and, um, funny enough the, the whole Cal Poly thing came, comes into the picture. Um, because of course I was dating a boy at the time who went to Cal Poly. Okay, <laughs> so okay. I was visiting Cal Poly quite often when I was up at Chico, um, and always loved it. Always loved Cal Poly. So awesome. Well, we have that in common. We have a couple things in common. My, uh, my, my paternal dad, <laughs> my, my, uh, my biological dad was, a uh, uh, owned his own photographic center growing up. So it sounds that that's, uh, similar to your, your upbringing there. And then, yeah, I followed a girl to UNC Chapel Hill. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time up there before. Uh, so you get, you kind of get a feel for, for the place before mm-hmm. you, before you go. And, um, did you have any, um, did you have any legacy also with Cal Poly, like any family members or any of your brothers or sisters end up Actually, here or interesting enough, my dad went to Cal Poly for one whole quarter. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> well, you know, that's well, that's so funny because we also have that in common. My granddad went to UNC Chapel Hill for one whole quarter also. Oh, and he flunked my out. Gosh. Yeah, he flunked out, but um, but they said that he he earned an honorary degree in bootlegging liquor every weekend. <laughs> that is too funny. Yeah. So when I started pursuing Cal Poly more and telling my parents about it. My dad was like, oh yeah, you know, I went there for a good old quarter. And <laughs> uh, so he loved reminiscing on obviously Cal Poly just in slow. It changes so much over the years. Uh-huh, but um, So that was kind of fun to share that with him. That is cool. Very cool. So, so once you got here to Cal Poly, you know, I do want, if you don't mind, I want you to, to talk a little bit about the transfer experience. You know, we get some, we get We've had some of our best students over the years as as transfers, and um, and, and we, you know, we we try to do our best as faculty to engage each and every student in the classroom and each and every student try to get them involved with the major. And, um, and, uh, more and more, we're trying to do more and more things for transfer students to try to, to try to plug them into the network because a lot of times they feel behind when they, when they get here. And, um, but what I've found is that that most transfer students, because maybe they feel like they're a little bit behind, they jump into things right away. So is, is that kind of what you did after being a student athlete? You were like, all right, I'm, 
I'm now a, just a regular student and I want to get in as involved as possible. Is that kind of how it, how it went or, or what? Yeah, I think coming in as a transfer, you kind of have the mentality of like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm coming in and I, I don't have the four years, you know, ahead of me. I have mm-hmm. two you know, mm-hmm. ideally too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you kind of have the mentality of like, I want to get in, I'm here to, you know, get things going with my career, get that experience, um, do well in school and really start to figure out this avenue of where I'm going to be in a matter of three years, you know, or so. So, yeah, I really, you know, love that I was able to dive right in and uh, hit the ground full speed and get involved. Right on. And, and it sounds like from, you know, when I, when I look back and, and think about your time, Teresa, it, so, it seems like, I, if I remember correctly, you got involved with professional development opportunities and, and, and the things that we offer, offer through the major. You were involved with ROFI and that sort of thing. Um, but can you talk a little bit about... Um, the, the value of that, you know, I know you've been involved um, really heavily in, in meeting professionals international in, in, um, in, uh, and also as a certified hospitality um, or, or certified meeting planner and, and yes. doing all of those <laughs> professional development things. Sorry. Um, so did, did, do you feel like that, that we did a pretty good job at Cal Poly in trying to acclimate you to, towards that or, or, or was that more after? Yeah, no, I mean, looking back on my years at Cal Poly, it really, I really did embrace the learn by doing. I feel like looking, I mean, yeah, the classes were great, but I remember more so all the volunteer opportunities I did um, just through the major, just trying to get my feet, you know, wet with whatever Mm -hmm. I could. Um, So, you know, that was, was much appreciated. And looking back, I mean, gosh, I'm glad I did all that. Um, I even, you know, even between my junior and senior year, I actually ended up staying at Cal Poly and was able to get a job on campus in the um, conference and event planning office. So again, I just tried to take advantage of any opportunity I I could get, knowing Mm -hmm. it would only help me and build my resume, you know, because, you know, in 2009, we were coming out of a recession and, Mm -hmm. you know, you needed some kind of experience on your resume to try to get in the door somewhere. So that helped immensely. Um, MPI was huge. I got very involved um, when I came back down to Orange County in the MPI organization. Mm -hmm. So I got dove right in, was a part of the board, um, got my CMP pretty quickly just because I knew all that would help me over time. And looking back, it's like, gosh, I'm so glad I did that then because thinking about doing, Doing you know, doing that CMP now, you know, it's like, gosh, okay, check, that's checked off, even though you right. have to renew it every five years, which is kind of daunting still, but <laughs> right. But um, but no, it's great that I kind of did kind of continue, you know, so strong with all those avenues um, just to give me that experience. Right, for sure. So so let's let before before we move on from from your, your years in in slow, I, I like I like to ask uh, all the podcast guests this if if they you know if they went to Cal Poly and m- most do m- most are alumni of course that, that are guests. Um, what what was an enduring memory? Do you have an enduring memory of of your time here in San Luis Obispo? Like one that really um, stands out or. or or, uh, or yes, can you pinpoint say, it? Okay, yeah. so there's many, but many, of course. one of them relates to a volunteer opportunity. And I did volunteer for the Wildflower Triathlon. Do they oh, still right. do that? Um, you know, um, uh, there's been... Um, 
there has been some issues over the last oh. several years. I mean, obviously this past year with the pandemic, right? But then I think, um, I think the previous year maybe the lake wasn't um was too dry or maybe that was the previous year. There've been some issues. Um, but yeah, I, yes, it's still going as far as I know. I mean, and we've still, we've still had students maintaining, um, you know, that have been volunteers. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Lots of involvement. So you were on that team. Yeah. So it was fun. I was part of the volunteer crew and you had your whole big volunteer campground that Uh all the volunteers camped out at. Uh And so I, I don't really camp. That was maybe my first or second time ever camping. Oh really? And I remember arriving and it was raining. Oh man. So, uh, you know, not only do I not camp, but it's like raining and we're trying to set up a tent and it was, but the funny thing is you would think it was a nightmare, but it just created more laughter and it was a fun memory Mm -hmm. and you know, we all bonded over it, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems like it seems like one of those uh, one of those things where every, everyone who I've ever talked to that that was involved with it just says it's quite a hoot. And um, <laughs> and you know, in in the early days, we we were um, the the major was fully involved. Like we were, I, I was actually talking to to Dr. Hendricks about this a couple of weeks ago, and um, I guess we were a part of the initial crew that that launched wildflower and that was like really heavily involved in putting it on and it was official it was a like an official type thing with the department um and i I guess i thought that that extended for a really long time but he was actually like no actually we were only officially involved the first couple years but it was just that so many of our students over the years have been involved Mm -hmm. that it seemed almost like an unofficial extension of the department if you will yeah because they all continued to stay a part of it for sure so exactly Mm -hmm. exactly so you've talked a little bit about um right after school you you moved back to oc is that what happened um or I, what I'm really curious is, um, I know you were special events concentration here, and and you mm-hmm. you started your early career obviously with with MPI. What got you involved and interested in hospitality? Yeah, you know it's kind of funny. I never, you know, I think special events was my route in school, and I did take you know a few of the tourism and hospitality classes, but it was never my focus of I'm going to end up in hotels. You know, I never oh. thought I would end up in hotels, much let alone sales. <laughs> so, right. Um, But it still is part of the avenue of our industry, which is the great thing about our industry. But I was working, you know, one of my first, you know, jobs was at a catering company. I was working for a small catering company doing event planning and mostly weddings, which I loved. It was right in line with my path. Great. I'm doing the event planning. I'm seeing things through. I'm executing these events. And it was one of my colleagues who had left the catering company to go to a Doubletree hotel. Mm -hmm. And she left to go pursue you know, hospitality in that way. Uh And I stayed in touch with her and she was like, Teresa, you got to get, you got to come over to hotels. You got to come over to hotels. I was like, Uh you know, toyed with the idea. I'm like, okay, you know, I want to broaden my skill set, And, you know, the catering company was great. It's a great company. I was doing well, but I was like, okay, I'm so young. Like, you know, I need to go to the, what's the next thing, you know? So there ended up being an opening at one of the other double tree properties as a, a executive meeting manager, which is an entry level sales position. Um, and I got the job and I, you know, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in hotels. Here we go. Do I remember anything about my classes? Like maybe a smidge, but (laughs) right, right, right. Well, that's the great thing, right? A management degree, um, is a management degree. And, and, uh, and, you know, now we've kind of rallied around the experiences and, and we're, we'll talk a little bit more about that now, um, in a few minutes, but, um, 
but yeah, it's just, it's so true that the management element, it's almost like you can go anywhere and do anything with a management degree. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's awesome. And so you, you obviously have enjoyed your time with hotels cause you've, you've stuck, uh, with, with the same group pretty mm-hmm. much right for the last eight, eight years or so. Is that, yes, is that about so right? I've- I've been with the same management company for eight years, which you don't, like you said earlier, you you don't hear that in the hospitality world. Um, right. So I've been very fortunate for the company I've worked for and right. the opportunities they've given me, which I'll, I'll go into further. But um, yeah, looking back, it's, you know, everyone's like, wow, like that's crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know, you, you could do worse than a Pasea in uh, Huntington Beach, California. I, you can't, know. I can't complain. Beachfront property. Yeah, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty good place. Uh, some people uh, work 25 years to get to a place like that, you know. So uh, so mm-hmm. I think it's actually pretty shows. It shows how smart you are. You're like, oh, OK, here I am. Let's uh, I better With hold a on bit to of this. Luck. You know, yeah. there's a little luck in there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. right. Uh, so, so let's talk about that. I think I, I think um, students in particular, um, w- whether it's our current students or young professionals um, who, who might be might be interested in a career in um, in hospitality. Um, why don't you talk about um, what you do on a daily basis? Um, you, you know, I know a lot of a lot of people, a lot of students are. I know I was. We're scared of sales. I mean, mm-hmm. I I was one of those types that. You know, I mean, you know me. I'm pretty gregarious, and and I can I can I can hold a conversation. And um, you would think that I would be a good salesperson, but I'm like, no, I'm like the Arthur Miller thing. Once you start, once I start to like make the handshake where I have to take money from you, I get like really clammy and shaky, and people oh are like, yep. people are like, oh my god, what's wrong with this guy? I'm I'm not giving him my money. <laughs> like, what is he gonna do? Like, go and uh, <laughs> you know throw a party or, or or whatever but um why don't you talk about um why don't you talk about what you do on a daily basis and how you got over maybe um that initial fear of sales yeah no that's a very good question because like i said i never ever thought i'd see myself in sales and you know going back to when i started at doubletree as an executive meeting manager I was in that position for about six months when my director approached me and the general manager and they were like Teresa you, you're going to be a salesman. We're promoting you to a salesman. I like literally didn't have a choice. Like I was right. like, Wait, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about this. I'm, you know, they're like, Tracy, you're sales. Like, you know, trust us. Like this is, you know, obviously it's your decision, but we're going to promote you to a sales manager. You're going to do great, you know? And so I'm, you know, obviously a little nervous about it, but I'm like, okay, I can do this. So right. I took the jump. I took the leap and looking back, it's the best thing I ever could have done. Um, you know, sales and hospitality is so different than, you know, when you think about sales in our world, it's not car sales. It's not, right. you know, it's not like I'm going to your door to sell you to buy this. It's, <laughs> right. it's so relationship oriented. It's so just in that hospitality world of, you know, you're selling an experience. So yeah. when I came to realize that I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I, you know, I'm selling the dream, you know, obviously I was selling a double tree at the time. Um, so, you know, more of your you know, your sports tournaments and your, you know, some corporate, but, um, but that got me into the sales world where I really excelled and did well within the company and, you know, received awards over the years within the company for my production and, right. and, you know, how, how I did with my bookings. Um, so seeing that I, you know, I ended up being sticking with that double tree for three and a half years, mm-hmm. which to be honest, I was ready to probably move on in advance 
after a year and a half, once you hit that two year marks in hospitality, you're kind of expected to like move to the next thing or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. Gotcha. Um, but for the company I was working, I was working for and I still am working for a Pacific hospitality group. Um, they were growing, they were growing, you know, quickly. And um, during my time at Doubletree, I, I learned that they were building this resort in Huntington Beach. Right. right. And I was like, wait a minute, that's, you know, that's local. That I, I can, I can, do that. <laughs> so I can, yeah, that sounds great. I, uh, you know, early on with the VP of sales, I, you know, put in his ear like, Hey, um, I want to, I want to be there. You know, what do I need to do? And, uh-huh. you know, he, he's like, perfect. He's like, great. That, you know, check back in with me. He always gave me the time, like check back with, in with me in two months, check back in with me at this time. And I always would, I put on my calendar and yeah. check back in with like, Hey, what's, what's the deal? What can I do? And then eventually it got me to, you know, and quote unquote interview, you know, to right. make the transfer, which thankfully it wasn't much of an interview. It was more of him talking and right. come to find out they were ready to put me there. So ah, I was fortunate to, nice. you know, be in very well with a company where they were, you know, ready to transfer me. Right. Um, and they already knew your track record and everything. Yeah, exactly. So I started with the hotel one year before we opened. So, oh, oh, wow. So you, oh, wow. So that's, um, it, let's talk about that then for a second, because, um, that, that can be something when you, when you put that on a resume, a lot of people don't realize that, that in the hospitality sports world, events world, if you're part of opening, mm-hmm. if you're part of opening a business, that's a, that's something you hang your hat on. So, so talk <laughs> about, talk about what it was like, uh, cause you, could you get to be a part of the vision, right? You get to be a part of, yes. of setting, um, setting out and, 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 going for. So talk about that experience. What was that like? Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize it at the time what I was getting into, you know, I'm coming from a double tree to opening up a beachfront resort, you know, what am I doing? Right. Um, but it was amazing to be part of a pre-opening team and, you know, to sell, I mean, you're selling, you're literally selling a vision because the, the property's not done. Right. So that was the challenge, you know, there. So you really start to elevate your sales skills and figure out how do you get this across to your clients Um, you know, and being that we were so new, we're not a, you know, I'm not part of a big brand. That property is not a, you know, a Hilton product. It's a boutique collection of properties that it's a part of. So I don't have the big brand behind me either. So I'm on my own, you know, going out there prospecting, you know, literally hitting the pavement, you know, going out to office buildings and, Uh you know, using our software to, you know, do my prospecting and figure out who I can reach out to, um, but it, 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 speaking of my sports background, that's, that's, they always say sports related, you know, people in their younger years do well in sales because of the competitive spirit. And I right. see, I see that tie. Right. Um, but I remember the opening day of our hotel and it felt like it was like the start of a big game and it was like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, you get the, the adrenaline, uh-huh. you know, and all this stuff. Uh-huh. And it was just so cool to like, see it through and right. welcome guests. And, yeah. Did you uh, sink, like, did you sink the game winning three pointer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just about. We actually, you know, fortunately you hear about so many hotels opening and right, right. You know, they're always pushed out. They're pushed out. They're pushed out. Uh-huh. We were pretty, pretty good on track with our opening date. Um, oh, good, good. You know, which is great when you're booking business, you know, it's like, okay, we need to be open by this date because we got this group coming and, um, and it actually pan- panned out perfectly. So um, that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, so let's go back to that, what you do on a daily basis. So, yeah. so, so now that you're associate director uh, of sales, what do you, what do you do on a daily basis? I, I would think, um, 
I would think that it brings a lot of your event planning stuff uh, back into the fray, right? So I would mm-hmm. think that, that that you have lots of different events going on at a beachfront hotel that that kind of keep makes it makes every day no two days the same. Is that kind of the way it is, or? Yeah, it's it's different every day. I mean, you're getting you know well sales. It's like yes, a part of it is prospecting and trying to bring business in, but the other side of it is. You know, you're getting some leads that come into that you got to take a look at for, you know, programs and conferences that want to book with you. You're mm-hmm. having clients come in, you know, here and there that you are doing a site tour for or you're getting lunch or drinks and dinner with um, mm-hmm. and entertaining or, you know, you're traveling. I get to travel, you know, when I was handling the Southeast Territory, I got to travel to Florida and in Atlanta and see other parts of the world and meet clients out in those areas. Oh, right. So, on at like conventions and trade shows and that sort of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So I loved, you know, that every day was different. You know, you're not always going in, sitting at your desk. It's very rare that you're really at the desk the whole day. Um, oh. It's nice to really create your own schedule sometimes. I, I mean, sometimes when I, you know, had a week that I didn't have much going on, I was like, I don't want to be sitting at my desk all week. It was like, I don't have any clients coming in scheduled. So I would basically make appointments or go and schedule sales calls to get out, you right. know, to go out. It's like, okay, I don't want to be in the office today. Let me, let me see who I can go visit and, right. and have, a, you know, some conversation with on possible future business. Right. Take um, them to so, lunch, take them to coffee, whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which I never, again, in sales, I never thought I would be doing, but it's refreshing because it's, I'm just me. I just got to be me. I get to have conversations with, you know, people in my industry where you'll find hospitality is this whole, it's a small world hospitality. You, you know, right. you come across people over the years that you're like, Oh, I worked with you, you know, back in the, you know, back then, uh-huh. but you know, our industry is like such a great industry where everyone is just so personal, hospitable, you know, it's not that yeah. cutthroat, you know, Oh my goodness. You know, yeah. clients are usually pretty, um, you know, engaging, you know, right. every once in a while you got some clients that are, you know, you're having to keep the conversation going. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, let's, let's go this direction. Right. Well, um, that's one thing I love about a podcast. You know, we, we've got an agenda. We're going to, we're going to run through it. I don't have to worry about, uh, I don't have to worry about those awkward moments of silence yeah. like you get sometimes in the small yes. talk. But hey, so I think that's a great segue, uh, Teresa, to, um, to the talk about the experience industry and, and the talk about co-creating experiences. And, um, you know, when we were, um, I, I don't know if you know the whole process, but um, we were, we were originally approached um, with making um, a, a pretty big shift to hospitality. Right. Um, and uh, the more we looked at it and the more we investigated and did strategic planning and talked to other people, we realized that this whole experience economy thing was bubbling up. And we realized that we could have a big umbrella as the experience industry that could cover all of those elements, right? The, mm-hmm. the sports, the events, the hospitality, tourism, parks, recreation, adventure sports. And then also what we didn't realize, right, was that just about every company in the world is trying in some way, shape or form to co-create experiences either with their empl- for their employees or for their clients or for their customers. Or um, And so um, it's really resonated with people. You know, it's kind of funny because that the original um, – the original kind of old school hospitality person that was wanted us to go to hospitality did not get it at all. 
But then over um, over a course of like two to three years, almost every one of our stakeholders were like, wow, since you've told us about this, we've really started to see that, yeah, it really is all about experiences. So mm-hmm. I would think for you, selling that experience of a beachfront hotel, that must be pretty big. Yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate where we truly do sell the dream, I say. It's uh, the experience. You know, I have something special here to sell. We have a beautiful property. Um, So, you know, guests, you know, they come to our property and, you know, a lot of what I book is, you know, a meeting and a conference or whatnot. But what's cool is I don't just sell that. I, you know, they come to us and they experience Huntington Beach. They experience, you know, the resort, you know, that we have to offer and the beautiful views and all that Mm -hmm. Huntington Beach has to offer. So, you know, I really am selling, you know, I'm very fortunate to be selling where I am and what I am. You know, I don't sell your typical box hotel. I sell, you know, a very unique, creative, a a unique spot here. I bet. Well, I can't wait wait to get down and uh, and yes. stay there. Uh, Dr. Rue and I will, uh, I don't even know if you know that's what we call, what we call her now. Dr. Rue is what I she do. goes by. Did you know that? I didn't know. That's the first I've heard that. Yeah. yeah I love yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny after she got tenure. So uh, our, um, the way we met was um, our graduate coordinator at NC State. Um, her name is Dr. Beth. She went by Dr. Beth. Um, Dr. Beth Wilson is her name, but she, everyone knew her as Dr. Beth. And we just loved her. She ended up being the officiant at our wedding. And so when, um, when, when, Jerusha and I both got tenure. Jerusha was like, you know what? I need to, the, the, the two Greenwoods thing is just, I've yeah. got to come, I've got to come up with a way of being unique. And, you know, Dr. G already has Dr. G. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so she started with Dr. Rue. So uh, this, that was, uh, I guess, about I four years it. ago. Yeah. I like oh it my too. gosh. I yeah, love Cause it. all of our friends know her as Rue, you know, but, oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. It works. It works out pretty well. So, mm-hmm. but I, but I have to always, whenever I say that, I have to tell o- older alumni that um that graduated you know uh like nine years ago before she uh before she adopted that nickname who i'm talking about because they're like dr rue yeah those oldies here you know right right they think i'm talking about like some like aussie or something like a kangaroo yes (laughs) i love that that's too perfect yeah cool so i would imagine also Teresa, do you you work with destination do you work with destination marketing folks there in huntington beach um yes in in selling that the dmo yeah they call their dmo cvb i mean there's all these different you know Mm -hmm. ways of saying it now but yes we work very closely with our dmo um who's a great asset for us and helps also sell the destination and sell our hotel. Um, so that's just an added layer of the sales um, for us. Right. Um, and it's but also yeah, cross-sectional. It's also cross-sectional with our industry, which is so great. Um, yeah. And I never, I never realized how it worked, you know, back in college. It's, there's so many different components and they all link together. And yeah. now it's like looking back, I'm like, Oh, well that they say, you know, our industry, you know, you, you you have to dive in and get experience to to figure it out and get it going. You know, you can right. learn it That's in the right. books and do it, you know, learn everything possible, but you got to really get out there and experience and get that, you know, career going to. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we'd be remiss not to at least address it, Teresa, here at, at the end. And that's the, the challenges that lie ahead for us um, in, um, in continuing with the global pandemic and, and hopefully coming out. Have you guys bounced back a little bit down in, in Huntington Beach? What's, what's it been like? What do you see as the challenges moving forward? Yeah, I mean, as, uh, as we all know, it's, it's been incredibly rough. 
um, since March. We, our hotel was fortunate that we did not have to close. Many hotels did close for a period of time. Mm -hmm. We've remained open. Um, and, you know, luckily with it being summer, we were able to, you know, thrive with the leisure that we do get. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been trying to stay, you know, taking advantage of that as much as we can. Right. Um, you know, we're coming to the end of summer now and all of our, all of our groups through the end of the year have canceled. Mm. So it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow when you look back of yeah. all of 2019, you know, and all your work and what a great year we had in 2019. And they were saying 2020 is going to be even better. It was looking right. to be a great year. And then this yeah. hits us and you're just, you know, it was so reactive in the beginning. You're just trying to figure it all out. And, yeah. and now, you know, come fall, we're figuring out new strategies. We're figuring mm -hmm. out how we're going to make it through the end of the year and, and we will, but, um, it's, it's going to be quiet. It's, it's yeah. going to be taking, you know, these short-term meetings, um, here and there, any bit we can, mostly from the local, um, territory, the drive market, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't flying right now. So we're trying to strategize and, and we have great local relationships. And fortunately I, you know, have always worked the local market. So I have great relationships there. Right. Um, but as I'm sure you can imagine, we've had to, you know, furlough and downsize our teams yeah. considerably. Um, I've been yeah. very fortunate to still be on the team. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning, you know, there was only about, gosh, five or 10% of us um, working. And right. now we've slowly been able to bring, bring back our hourly staff and we're we're hoping to bring back the rest of our team soon, um, right. but we're not in a p position to yet till we can see some more right. momentum. Um, right. Exactly. Right. Well, it's a it's it's been a, a scary time for everybody, and um, just uh, you know, just wish you wish you all the best um, um, in, in getting through, and and hopefully. Um, Hopefully it will be sooner rather than later that, that things will, will, will be back to normal. Um, uh, miss all those hugs and, and, mm -hmm. um, and friendships and, and, and everything that, that we're all kind of so starved for. But, um, but I tell you one thing that's great about Zoom is being able to, to see former students like you who, uh, who bring a smile to, to my face and uh, just, just want to say um, so proud of you and, and so uh, appreciative that you would take a few moments um, today. I know, it's, I know it's busy there for you guys So uh, at the end of summer here. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yes, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And I hope, hope, hopefully gave some insight to, to you all. But, um, but no, it's, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate it. Take care, Teresa. Thank you, you too. See ya.